You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy Emek. Yo, what up? It's your boy Emek coming at you. Episode 17, man. And this, this weekend was very, very busy. It was a busy week with a lot of anticipations on week two in the NFL. Of course, the most anticipated Canelo Triple G rematch. It was crazy. It was a good weekend for sports. It was a good week for sports. So let's get it stopping because I'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Actually, I'm not even going to do an Enfuego headline segment today. It's going to be all about NFL, Triple G, and Canelo because we got a lot of talk about that, man. It was a great fight fight of the year. And then also I got another um, another segment in regards to college football. So, yo, let's get busy and let's get started this with the NFL week number two, baby. What's up? Week number two is upon us and we have some really good games and first and foremost, uh, above anything, we we gonna start it off with the Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. So the whole anticipation throughout the week is, hey, is Aaron Rodgers gonna play? Yo, he's he too banged up. He got out there, man. And you know what? For somebody with an injury like he does, you know, who's with limited mo- you know mobility, yo, Aaron Rodgers put up, you know, still a TD out there with 281, man, passing yards, not bad. Now the game finished in a tie, and dude, I don't know, man, what's up with these kickers, man? This year, man, last week there was a lot of missing field goals. Reason why the Browns and the Steelers went to uh, overtime and they also stay as a tie. And this game also remained a tie, 29-29, because of missed field goals. I don't know about these uh, Minnesota's field goal kickers, bro. I mean, they have like a history with these guys. They're, they're jinx. So Daniel Carson misses two field goals in overtime to keep the game tied. So they had an opportunity to win the game. And, yo, let me tell you something. They came back. The Vikings came back from a 13-point deficit. Kirk Cousins, 35 out of 48, 425 yards. 4TD so far, the first two games of the year, he is actually making his his worth by uh, proving that he's, you know, he's worth every single dime they pay for it. But uh, come on, man. You know, these kickers are out of control. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with the the kickers from Minnesota, but, yo, isn't Dan Bailey available somewhere? I think Minnesota is cursed or something, bro. They really need to, like, sacrifice a goat or something in order to get this jinx off their back in regards to these kickers losing playoff games for them in regular games. So, you know what? The much-anticipated game was one of the big games for this week. It finished in a tie. Aaron Rodgers looking kind of smiling. You know, hey, man, I wish I got the W, but guess what? I'll take the, I'll take the tie anyway. And uh, moving on to the next game, uh, we got the Browns and the Saints and another... Another tough game by the Saints, man. They got a scrappy D, man. They forced some fumbles. Uh, you know, another kicker, Zane Gonzalez, missed a couple of more field goals, which insane. You know, this game could have been tied or they could have gone ahead and won because, you know, the Saints were nowhere to be found. I mean, Brees had two TDs. Their 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 defense was forcing, the, you know, the Browns defense were forcing a lot of turnovers and fumbles and made it really tough for um the, the Saints to win this game. It was 21 over 18. So it was a game-winning field goal by actually a kicker that's worth something, Lutz, Will Lutz. Uh, kick a 44 yard with 21 seconds left. So I, and even after the game, he goes out there and sportsmanship went out there and you know get to do the hug. Uh, Zane Gonzalez, hey man, I know you 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 effed it up, man, but I'm you know I came through. But don't worry about it, bro. Just keep keep kicking, boy. Nah, man. Again, the they're looking good. I mean, Terod Taylor is doing what Terod does for the Browns. To, you know, manages the game. One pick, one TD, 246 yards. Carlos Hyde is is again a great pickup by them, and this defense is actually keeping them in games. There's a big difference from last year. Last year they were getting blown out. So far they're 0 one one but they've placed two really good teams and they played them tough, tough, real tough. So again, I think the future is looking very, very bright for um for the Browns. And I think that W is gonna come soon, man. I know, I know they 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 they've you know they've been they're hoping for a W really quick to bust out those coolers and get about the free beer, which I gotta pick a game to go to Cleveland, man, and hopefully that'll be the one that I, you know, that I'm that, that I actually go. And on another note, you know, they released they're gonna release Josh Gordon this Monday after they uh made him inactive this weekend. The Browns made Josh Gordon active this weekend because of a hamstring BS. And then they announced that they're going to go ahead and get, release him 
on Monday. So, you know, hey, another another loss of talent. You know, talent that has been lost due to bonehead moves and personal issues that some of these cats cannot control. Substance abuse, illegal substance abuse, depression, I understand. But, bro, you, you know, you got this guy's wasting away his talents and what every little kid would hope for, this guy's throwing it away. But Browns, yo, keep your head up. You're doing your thing. Lions and 49ers. So, again, Matt Patricia. Isn't Matt Patricia supposed to be this Belichick defense disciple? I mean, the dude has given up. His defense has given up 78 points in the first two games. Now, they lost to the 49ers 30-27. I have no idea what's going on here. This guy was the, was sought after. And this is what happens with Belichick disciples, man. They never make it on their own. Because the system doesn't work anywhere else unless it's with Belichick and actually Brady. So, the system is a two-part process. The New England system is Belichick and Brady together is the only way that it works. Stafford, 34 to 53, 33 Ds. They got no running game whatsoever. Golden Tate is a beast. Garoppolo came back with a very efficient game, 18 out of 26 with two TDs. And this guy, Mark Breida, man, 11 carries, 138 yards, busted for like 68 yards on one of them. So at the end of the day, it was just, you know, the defense for the Lions is just not keeping anybody in front of them. 78 points in the first two games is a lot. I don't know what kind of defense whispers, Mr. Patricia, but um, ain't working out in uh, the first two games so far. All right, next game that the Jags and Patriots. So, whoa, I'm not surprised that the Patriots lost. It was actually 31 to 20. Jacksonville took this game. I mean, because usually early games are in the season, Brady has a tough time with. And this defense is stacked for Jacksonville, no doubt about it. They made it really difficult. But Bortles actually had a ridiculously good game. He threw for four touchdowns, 29 of 45, not bad, 377. And, you know, even when they had the lead, Bortles was, yo, airing the, the ball out there, man. He didn't, he did not play conservative like they did last year in that playoff and in the, in the conference championship where they lost to um, New England. So, hey, that's where my surprise is. Bortles actually had a good game for TDs, man, against, against the... Um, New England Patriots is not bad at all. So I, I give Bortles some props, man. He actually coming up, coming up a little bit, man. You know what I'm saying? All right. And then we got another another game that meant something to me. And actually, this is actually the to me the, the, the best game of the day for me so far was the Kansas City Chiefs against the Steelers. This game was off the chain, man. I mean, actually, Pat Mahomes and Big Ben were balling. I mean, balling to the max, bro. 42 to 37 was the last, was the last uh score, was a game winning score. Mahomes threw for six touchdowns. This cat has 10 TDs, man, in the first two games, man. This is a guy that's set behind Alex Smith. I'm telling you, they did, they did it right with this kid. This kid is the truth, man. 10 TDs in the first game, no picks whatsoever. Ben balled out two, two, threw two for three TDs, ran one in, had four total TDs. I mean, dude, he kept them in the game. You, you got to keep your head up, man. Uh, the uh, James Conner experiment came down to reality. He only had 17 rushing yards. He did, you know, he did actually had, got some balls over the air. He, he did score the touchdown cost me a lot of my fantasy league because I had him in like every fantasy DFS lineup I had today. So, but um, it was a great entertaining game. Mahomes, the truth, man. I mean, that team is loaded between Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. Oh my God, you have, uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude, Sammy Watkins is there. They, they got a good squad, man. And this kid, what the consensus of this kid is, they're saying that, you know, Alex Smith was a guy that kind of like mentally took it down the fields with a lot of plays, dissected that defense, doesn't have the tools Mahomes had. Mahomes is one of those cats that they, they love this cat because it could be one, two plays, boom, and they score. That's kind of tools they have with Tariq Hill who could run down the hill. So, yo, this is insanely a great game. Mahomes and Ben balled out. They were balling out, dude. Right now, it was, it was, it was, this was a DFS love fest so i wish i had my home my fantasy one of my fantasy lineups my daily fantasy and fan duel and in draft king and i use uh rivers as my second quarterback as one of those super flex games and i did okay I, I i cashed on that one but i could have done a lot better if that would have been ben or fitzpatrick as, as my second quarterback and moving on 
to the next game that actually meant something to me was, well, this game didn't mean jack to me, the Chargers and the Bills, because the only thing exciting about that game, and forget about Allen starting his first game, and he actually threw a touchdown, but was cornerback, Vontae Davis decides to leave the stadium at halftime and telling his coach, I am done, peace, I am retiring, did not come back to the game. That's how bad your team is, that you're willing to retire in halftime of your second game of the season. How does this work with um with his salary? Does he leave some money on the table? I mean, bro, that's how bad the Buffalo Bills are. In regards to the Chargers that did their thing, I'm not even going to touch that because that game was kind of garbage. All right, moving on to the next game, the Finns and the Jets. Damn, bro, Sam Darnold took the L. Miami's defense picked the kid twice. Miami's defense were handling business even though he did throw for 334 yards and i think he's like the youngest quarterback ever to throw over 300 yards but I mean, he's like the youngest quarterback right now to do anything because he's so young but darnold took the l uh miami miami's defense was heavy they picked him once in the end zone he looked a little you know disoriented i mean yo miami's defense has quietly put two great games back to back and you know Tannehill, nothing crazy had two touchdowns managed the game you know drake ran the ball well yo what, do you, what about um that defense that defense a little was suspect at the beginning of the year for the Finns, but they pulled out two good um, back-to-back wins. Uh, that defense actually kept Mariota in check, and so did um, Sam Darnold. So, so yo, rookie, welcome to the league, bro. You know, it's, the, the good thing about this is a learning experience because the kid looks, still look good out there, made some mistakes. Coming for a rookie, he's still the franchise quarterback for the Jets, and don't be surprised, this kid might be elite pretty soon, man. This guy has all the tools. So I, I have no doubt about it. Texas against the Titans, I'm not even going to go. The only highlight that I thought it was interesting about that was that fake punt. And uh, threw for a touchdown. It was a lefty throw, too. After that, it was a complete snooze fest, man. I mean, that was a crappy game. Not going to waste my breath on that one. Panthers and Falcons, man. Yo, this, you know, Cam Newton and, and McCaffrey, they, they bowled out. They were out there, and they still lost. I mean, Ryan Shines had a good game. Two for two touchdowns. It was just a waste. That's how bad. I mean, you know, honestly, Carolina's not that good. Newton threw for 335. Three TDs. Threw that one pick. McCaffrey is one of these running backs that if you look at him, you're like, well, bro, this guy should not even be in the league. But this kid, dude, he's he has a lot of skills, man. He, you know, he's like a receiver and he's a running back. He's one of these dual threat running backs. He could catch the ball. He's actually he's actually a great receiver. I mean, he had 14 receptions for 102 yards for a good security blanket for uh, Cam. And yo, it, it, it was it was it was a good game. It was 31 to 24. If you look at the stats from this, it was kind of boring in a way because you know the Panthers kind of made a comeback. They were down big in the first half and, in the, and they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. But it was kind of like too late already. So it was a little bit of a, of a snooze fest. But you know, a good wasted effort by Cam and McCarthy in this game. So, but yeah, man, this is what you got right now. We still got uh, a couple of games coming. Um, the only other highlight that I could see is the Rams annihilated the Cardinals, and that was Gurley who practically secure that victory for the Rams in the first half. He had three touchdowns. Game was over at halftime. 34-0. The defense is sick. Cardinals are a complete mystery. Why Sam Bradford? I mean, I know why. They don't want to rush Josh Rosen, which I think it has, you know, it's probably the best play in a couple of weeks, but they don't have anything. That line is horrible. I mean, it's horrible. They cannot protect the quarterback, so I see why they're not, why they're not throwing one out there. So, and of course, the Fitz Magic train continues to steamroll the lead baby so they just took down the philadelphia eagles 27 to 21 and fitzy fitzy baby fitz magic the hoverman another four touchdown game ridiculous another four receiver effort four other players he spread the ball around and scored not one guy he spread that ball again deshaun jackson 
you know, all week long, they were just saying, is he going to play or not? Hell yeah, you knew he was going to play. Man, they're playing those mind games. Get out there, you know, picked a 75-yard reception for a TD, shoving it back in his old team's face. I'm telling you, you know, Nick Falls, eh, good backup, 334, one TD. It is what it is. But, um, yo, Fitzpatrick, man, if you see him out after the press conference looking like Conor McGregor, he was dicked out with some chains and this, like, workout suit, man, with some glasses and that beard, you know? I mean, he right now, he's on a high, baby. He's hot. He's hot right now. Fitzy is hot right now. And that dude is confident. Confident. I don't know what's going to happen with um, Famous Jameis, but I would ride the hot hand if I'm this team, whether Jameis comes back or not. I would, I would stream quarterbacks. I would make I would make this quarterback decision like a like a fantasy football decision, man. You know what I'm saying? Let's DFS this streamline quarterbacks week after week, see who brings me the hottest one. But yeah, man, Fitzpatrick is on a roll right now that I haven't seen from anybody else in a very, very long time. He's actually the second hottest quarterback after Potman Holmes. And that's a lot saying a lot. And of course, the Colts beat the Rams, the Redskins 21-9. Boring game. Just shout out to Andrew Luck. First victory after his huge uh comeback. After his you know huge comeback effort he's um putting together. It was a very manageable game. 21 out of 31. Didn't break 200 yards, but had two TDs. Gotta give him props, man. It's always good when they come back. And actually, um, and get to win, man, after all the hard work this guy's been put and all the criticism has been taken due to his injury. So that was just a, a, I mean, I'm one, I wanted to succeed. I like Andrew Luck. He's a great, great individual. The Broncos beat the Raiders 20, 20 to 19. Bro, come on, man. What a boring ass game, dude. I don't even know why I'm even going to talk about this game. Dude, John Gruden experiment is failing severely quickly. I mean, I understand he doesn't have the players. You know, it was a last ditch effort. Emmanuel Sanders kind of cost me today in fantasy, man. I put the dude in there because all the experts have to put him in. It's good value. It's a good value pick. Good value pick. It didn't value nothing, man. I had a horrible week in, the, in daily fantasy, my man. I, I'm like, last week, at least I cash half and I, you know, I won 50% of my bankroll back. But this week, I am getting killed. I am getting killed because everybody's kicking my ass. It's all good, though, man. This game was a snooze fest. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to touch. And a good note, Amari Cooper had 10 receptions for 116 yards. So saving the worst for last is my G-man. Giants, loss to my much-hated rivals, the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry's World's team, 20-13. A complete snooze fest about this game. Now, this giant offensive line made the defensive front of the Cowboys look like the Steelers or the Purple People Eaters of the 70s. Come on, man. Eli, if you see Eli's expressions, they were like, who... Did somebody take the license plate from that linebacker that just ran me over? Because it was insane. He went 33 for 44 for 279 yards. So on 33 completed passes, less than 10 yards a pass, it was dinking and donking his way through the game. After OBJ had 11 catches and over 100 yards against the best corner in the league in Jalen Ramsey, whoever was guarding him stunk up the joint because he only had four receptions, 51 yards. Eli cannot get this ball down the field. I would think he would have a better chance against a defense from the Cowboys than he did against the actual um, Jaguars, but man, he looked horrible. I understand he doesn't have a lot of time to throw. I mean, he was sacked eight times, dude. You yo, you gotta this. This has to be this has to be ridiculous. I mean, I cannot. I I don't understand this. He lost that fumble, not his fault. But I mean, and then the other hand, Barkley could not get anything on the ground. Twenty-eight yards on eleven attempts, fourteen receptions at least. He led the teams with fourteen receptions for eighty yards, meaning. Dude, Eli was just checking down to him all game long. It's the reason why Eli, you know, only missed 11 passes. Come on, man. Come on. Sack six times. This is insane. The G-man looking a lot of trouble. Eli looks slow. Eli doesn't look confident throwing down the field. When are you going to use his... When are you going to use OBJ? I mean, he threw that garbage, that one garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter, you know, to Ingram. That's it. That's it. You know, 
At least our kicker went two for two, did not miss a field goal, right? What good did that do anyway? But it was just horrible. So I got to talk about my G-Man because that's my squad. And right now my squad looks very, very sorry. The Browns played better than the damn G-Man because they played a better team. That is saying a lot. Cannot believe this. 0-2 to start the season. Not a very happy guy. Yo, Sherman, some, some, someone needs to do. Part Sherman, he needs to figure something out. Elon needs to start completing some passes downfield, man. All right, this is insane. You got the best wide receiver in the game. Again, I love Saquon Barkley's pick. But I thought we should have invested in the future. And I know giving up a good pick like Saquon Barkley would have drafted a quarterback. Because we're not going to see another quarterback. Eli has game management skills of a left in, his, in the tank. I hope we turn it around. I don't see it, folks. Maybe I'm going to bite my tongue next week and the week after that. But this was insane. And to close out the recap, well, let's hit the highlights, man. The Browns played another tough game. Lost. They could have won it. Their field goal kicker could have definitely uh, hit some uh, field goals. And I'm sorry. Now, all of a sudden, came out that he's um he was injured with a hamstring, and they let him go. That's what Hugh Jackson said. Ah, BS, I don't buy that. Hugh Jackson's a moron. Again, the Vikings could have could have definitely beat could have definitely beat the Packers, but you know, hey, two thirty five yard misses, one in overtime. But the good news is that they released the kicker, they released Carlson, and picked up Dan Bailey. And of course, the Browns uh, did not play Josh Gordon, and later that day they said they were going to release him on Monday, and they did. They, they traded him to the New England Patriots. Stuff just got real, bros. New England Patriots got themselves a, a deep threat. Now, depending on what kind of attitude this guy comes with, and if he gets down for the gets down for the Belichick world, yeah, man, I think New England has found themselves their deep threat uh, receiver. 19 field goals, 16 field goals were missed on Sunday. I don't know what's going on. This is one of the ones you don't field goal kicking you don't worry about, but it has become an issue this season, this early so far, which have been cost of two games, which led into ties. Hey, man, week two, it's in the building. Let's get busy on to week number three. Can't wait. By the way, I am getting killed in fantasy football. The much-anticipated rematch, Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez 2, arrived last night. And let me tell you something, y'all. I'm a huge boxing fan. I try to watch all these pay-per-views whenever I can. Most of the time, I do. I was out of my boy's house yesterday. We had a huge uh, get-together, huge party, man. Like, you know, Lots of food, lots of stuff. This fight was epic fight of the year for sure i don't think we're gonna see another fight like this a great continuation of the first fight and um let me tell you something at the end canelo edged triple g uh two judges scored the same 115 to 113 and then and the first judge scored as a tie canelo wins and becomes a new champ and honestly it was a close fight it was a very close fight i'm gonna give you my take on it and i don't want to tell you exactly who i think won until i finish giving you my take and my reasons why it was a great fight if we go back to the stats it was a, a big, big difference from the first to the, to the second fight is that Canelo actually was the one who pressured Triple G unlike the first one. Now, Triple G had a game plan. I'm going to jab and I'm going to get combinations and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kind of counter punch on you. Canelo said, I'm going to push, I'm going to push and I'm going to and I'm going to go hard. Canelo trained a little bit different. Canelo put a lot of muscle on. Canelo actually wanted to knock this guy out. Both guys cut each other. If you look at their faces at the end of the fight, you could tell it was a back and forth fight because both guys had cuts. Broken noses. Physically, you couldn't tell who lost more than another because physically, both guys look the same in regards to damage. Going to the punch stats. Total punches. Triple G landed more. 234 as opposed to Canelo 202. And I'm going to go with the percentages because the percentages are about two to three percentages off from each other, whether it's total punches, jabs, power punches. And um, and this is well, the reason why I want to go with these numbers. It's, it's going to lead to my, you know, why I think the decision was made. In regards to the judges, the way the judges saw this fight. 
So Triple G landed 234. That's 24. That's actually 32 more punches than Canelo at a 27% completion as opposed to 32. That means he threw more. In boxing, when you throw more, you got to... You got to connect more than the other guy. Forget the percentage there. That goes out the window. Triple G landed 118 jabs and Canelo landed 59. So, wow. Triple G, you know, threw 547 to, I suppose, 256 jabs. So, again, Triple G, again, landed. That was, a, that was the biggest part of the combination, landing more. Now, Canelo landed 143 power punches. This is a think where caught the eyes. And Triple G landed uh, 116. So, that's a huge difference. Now, so far... It's kind of like trending from the first fight. Neither guy looked hurt. Yes, they they looked hurt in the sense of like out of the fight. Like, you know, you know, when you get when you look like you're going to go down, that did not happen at all in this fight. It happened once in the 10th round. But both guys were taking shots at each other each round per round. You could see that a lot of these rounds could have gone either way. It depends on what each judge was looking at. Triple G definitely outpointed him in regards because he landed more shots. So. Copy box, you hit, you get a point. So if you take the overall percentage, Triple G outpointed Canelo. But the power shots, by Canelo landing more power shots, I think that the visual of that made the judges give it to Canelo. Now, the only time I saw a fighter in trouble was in the 10th round, and Triple G had Canelo in trouble. Now, I don't mean in trouble like he was about to go down because none of these cats flinched in this whole fight. But he looked, he landed a lot of combinations in the 10th. And actually, Canelo looked a little, a little bit hurt. He actually, hands were slower. He could not try to guard himself. Triple G destroyed in the 10th round. 11th round could have gone either way. 12th round, I think Canelo got it. And I think this is the reason why. So this fight was given to Canelo mainly, mainly on the, not the assumption, just on the visual of the power punching. My take, it should have been another draw. And if it wasn't another draw, I think Triple G might have edged them out by points. If we're looking at the total amount of punches landed, Triple G outscored him. So when you outscored him, you win. I would have been okay with a second draw. I'm okay with Canelo winning also. I'm not going to hate on Canelo. He came in. He brought it. Canelo's one of those dudes that does not back down from any fights. He's like Triple G. That's why I love both cats. And Canelo said it after the fight. If the public wants the third one, let me enjoy this one. And let's get back to the drawing board. A little bit of sportsmanlike con, you know, conduct there by Triple G, not wanting to stick behind and talk to Max Kellerman. But he did speak to somebody in the locker room. So I think it was Dan Raphael, somebody from ESPN, and said that, yeah, I feel like I won the fight and I'm ready to fight another fight. Canelo is a great fighter and I want to do this. So, y'all, look, it was a great fight. I, you know, there's a lot of um, controversy. They're saying that Triple G should have won it. Again, let's look at the stats. And if you look at the fight, Triple G connected more than Canelo did. But Canelo connected probably the harder shots. So it's kind of like you got to take what the what kind of judges, what kind of you know what kind of judges you got looking at this fight. In boxing, you got judges that look analytically. You got judges that look visual from damages and regards to power punches. And I think this is what uh, gave the fight to Canelo. And if that is the case, I'm okay with that. Triple G, in my case, should have won because I think he outscored Canelo. Uh, he did outscore Canelo. I mean, the, the numbers tell you right there. When you add up everything, you know, Triple G. Uh, outscored Canelo um, in CompuBox. A lot of people are pissed off. Uh, they're saying that Canelo should have definitely uh, Triple G should have won. Look, I think I'm good. I was good. I was gonna be good with a with a draw. Canelo, Canelo did his thing. No doubt about it. Canelo did his thing. I'm not gonna hate on Canelo. And and you know what? I want to see. I want a rematch. And there's gonna be a rematch. There's a lot of money to be made. Triple G need, needs to be more aggressive in the third fight. If or, if they ever do this. They do a rematch, but I think it's gonna happen. Triple G needs to be way more aggressive. It's just insane how good of a chin both of these two guys have. Because regular other fighters would be would have gone down a few times in this fight. 
Triple G took some bombs from Canelo, man. I mean, he didn't even look hurt. He didn't even look like he was like he was dizzy or he was gonna go down. Likewise for Canelo. Triple G landed some bombs, man. And and let me tell you something. When Triple G hits you with a jab, that's a common that's a right hand for most fighters, man. His jab is heavy. And he landed 118 freaking jabs on Canelo, bro. Apart from the other 234 shots. I mean, one six I mean, it was insane. Canelo took took a lot of shots, bro. And he did not flinch either. Except for that 10th round, they looked a little hurt, but man. It was a great fight, fight of the year. I'm looking forward to a third one. My first take should have been a draw. If they were not going to give a draw because they have to announce a winner, I think Triple G should have gotten it because he outscored Canelo. But at, at the same token, I'm okay with Canelo winning. You know, it was such a great fight that I'm, I'm not hating on any fighter. I, I want to see a third one. I wish they could have two more rounds last night to keep going, man, because this fight was amazing. It was a great fight. It was so much action that did not take a round off. These cats were hitting each other. They don't like each other. So, therefore, it was a great fight. Great, you know, they, they both, you know, hey, man, they respect each other. They may not like each other, but they respect each other. Great fight. Excellent fight. I want a third one. I know the public wants a third one. Forget about the controversies. Let's get this popping. Triple G, Canelo, three. Let's bring it, baby. Next year. Let's go in May. Actually, let's do this quickly. And, of course, staying in the boxing realm so Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao met at a concert or a club or something like that, and they were talking smack to each other. Pacquiao actually looked at the look at the camera. Somebody was filming and said, hey, listen, man, I'm going to take him in December. I'm coming back in December. That's easy money right there. I'm going to take him. So Floyd Mayweather, man, you know, making a splash, of course, you know, in the biggest fight of the year. He goes, yo, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and steal the show by saying that I'm going to come back and fight Manny Pacquiao for a second fight. He said December. I don't think it's going to happen in December. It's only three months away. They can't train and come back like that. Floyd's not in shape. Well, he is in shape. This dude is always in shape. But I hope there's a third one. I mean, the second one. I, they need to redeem themselves from that crappy fight from the first one. It looked like they were dancing ballroom the whole fight. So, hey, I want to see it. I want to see it, dude. I'll see that. Come on, man. You know, Floyd Mayweather is always entertaining, uh, you know, before the fight, after the fight, during the whole promotion part of it. And, and I want to see him. I want to see Pacquiao redeem himself. I want to see Pacquiao do something different. So, hey, Floyd stole the show with Manny Pacquiao. But again, Canelo and Triple G2 was legendary, was epic, was a great fight, fight of the year. Let's bring on number three. Yo, so let's close out the show. This this episode has been action-packed so far. And I'm not going to do a top five or I'm not going to do a um, Enfuegos. I'm not going to do any of the headlights today because I actually came across this article the other day and it's a top 10 college football most valuable teams. I have to like spit about this in this uh, episode, man, because it, it caught my eyes on some of these in this list and how much money these universities make just based on football. Football is the number one revenue maker for these schools. And I think um, basketball is number two. I'm going to go from the starting at number one and I want to go. I'm going to do the normal countdown. Number one, Texas A&M Aggies. So last year's revenue was $148 million and they netted $107 million. That was a profit. They netted $107 million. I mean, what else is there doing? Uh, what is it, college states in Texas? There's nothing else to do in that town. I mean, their only claim to entertainment is the A&M Aggies. All right? So they look forward to that. Next school, the next n- number two school, most valuable when it comes to uh, making money and college football is the Texas Longhorns. Of course, they're the rival school. They're like across the street from them. I don't know. And it's another big, it's a big 12 school. They actually uh, had $133 million in revenue and netted 87 mil. There's nothing else to do in those towns, dude. That's a, that, they, they have no professional team. So they, they, you know, everybody's got to go wise, got to go watch these football games, man. Just like high school. I guarantee you, these high schools probably make some money if they charge. Number three, I'm surprised here. The Michigan Wolverines are number three at $127 million. I'm surprised. You know, Michigan being a, a, a city, 
with uh, a lot of professional teams. I'm surprised that the Wolverines actually are are making that much money. They netted 75 mil out of 127 in revenue. Not bad. I would think Alabama will be higher than Michigan, but they're not. They actually they have the same. They netted the same amount in revenue, but they they I'm sorry, they made 127 million in revenue, but only profited 59 million. I would think they would be a little higher than that. I would have put them out there like number three or, or number maybe even number two. That you know, the the the, the crimson ties are not that, that high. Ohio State is at number five with 120 million, and they profited 69 mil. I'm okay with Ohio State there. They're about to lose a lot more money because um, our boy Edward Myers is not coming back. And did you see his interview with ESPN? Come on, man. Why is Urban? And on a, this is on a side note, not segueing or not to get out of topic, but why? Why is he interviewing with ESPN after all this thing's going on right before he comes back to play, man? Dude, every time he speaks to a reporter, he looks even worse, man. Come on. Oklahoma Sooners are number six, 118 million. They profited 72 mil. I'm okay with Oklahoma there. That's another school that there's nothing else to do in that town but to go see Sooner baseball. I mean, Sooner basketball. I'm sorry, Sooner football. Notre Dame, I'm a little surprised. $112 million uh, in revenue last year. They netted 72 mil. It's a pretty good profit margin, actually. I, I, w- I would actually have thought they were going to be higher. Auburn Tigers, I'm okay with that. 112, they profited 61 million. LSU Tigers, yeah, you know, Baton Rouge, I'm good with that too. $112 million, they're coming number eight and profit of 56 million. Now, University of Florida, the Florida Gators at $111 million and profit of 67 mil. Now, why I am surprised is only one Florida school in this top 10 list. That's what I am surprised. I would think Florida would have maybe a couple of schools, Florida being such a huge football town, but there is a lot of schools in Florida, so I only one of them has to be the top. So the Gators come in at 111 million and they netted 67 million in profits. And some honorable mentions, you know, we got the Tennessee Volunteers are number 11 with 108 million, you know, profited about 60 mil. Georgia Bulldogs, I would think they'll be a little higher than that. I would, I would probably, I would think they, were, they came in at number 16. I would think, I would, I thought that, I would think the Georgia Bulldogs were actually be a little higher, maybe in the, maybe number 11 or 12, but they, they revenue was $89 million and netted 55. The FSU Seminoles, Florida State, another Florida school at 17. Again, I would thought they would be a little higher, $88 million, $41 million, and I know they ain't jacked to do in Jacksonville, so hey, just like in Florida, just like the University of Florida in games, well, they ain't nothing to do there but to go to Florida football. They go to the Gators football. And in, and in um, Florida State, same thing. The only thing you got in Gainesville, the only thing you got there in, in um, Jacksonville, the only thing you need to go see there, it's just the Florida State Seminoles. And number 18, I'm surprised, is not higher. Uh, USC, 87 mil, but it's a big city. You know, they have multiple professional teams there too. So, hey, I'm surprised a little that I don't see the University of Miami, not even in the top 25. What up with the U, man? The U is legendary. They won championships. Yo, their gear in the early 90s, man, was was you know, was international. Everybody was wearing UM gear. But anyway, it's college football. What can you say? So I just wanted to, you know, throw this uh, piece out there. Not a big college football guy, but it did caught my interest, you know, looking at these, uh, looking at revenue numbers here and uh, and look at the profitabilities. But Texas A&M at number one, the Aggies and the Texas Longhorn at number two. I'm not surprised there. They ain't jacked in that area in Texas. They ain't jacked to do but to go to Aggies or Longhorn games. All right, it's your boy E-Man. Check out the show, man. I appreciate the listening. Keep downloading. Keep listening. Subscribe if you like the content. Actually, even if you don't like the content, subscribe. Hey, I wouldn't mind the subscribers. And um, we'll be back next week. Peace. Oh.